Hey guys, welcome to the Debrief after our episode with Ben Hunt. Benjamin Hunt, Epsilon Theory. We had him on, David, uh, was it summer? Okay, I'm going to say it was summer, June, July, something like this. I I'm going to guess one of those things, and, and you can correct me. Of 2020, this was when, I think wow, this was July like- July 2020. July, nailed it. Okay, so I think this was like, just what, four months, five months after we started the Bankless, the Bankless podcast? podcast yeah. So like we didn't have a network, we didn't no. know anybody, mm -mm. and it was a big I had deal been for ben Hunt to come on. It was. I, I know you'd been listening to Ben Hunt on mm -hmm. uh, Dimitri's podcast, yeah. Kofinas's podcast. I'd listened to him there. I was also a fan of his Epsilon Theory work, and like he said yes to us in July 2020, mm -hmm. which and he felt like our first mainstream non-crypto guest. Yeah. And it felt like a big freaking deal at the time because mm -hmm. I wanted to pick this man's brain because I know he shared a lot of the core values of crypto. And I wanted to be like, hey, Ben, what do you think? Are we going to make it? Like, right. what do you think of this? And then um, we prepared a lot for that show, if you remember. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Well, you went like I remember you talked about like the whole Epsilon theory of yes. like um, yeah. the three body problem. Yep. Like it was a yep. pretty meaty episode, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and by the way, guys, you can find that in the Bankless archives. If you're curious, yeah. the July early 20th, Bankless podcast. 2020. It, it probably still holds up. But oh, yeah. I remember uh -huh. Ben making the case to us then where he was just like, and this is my summary. He was just like, guys, I appreciate that you're trying this money thing, but they're never going to let you do it. Never gonna let they're you never gonna money. let you do it, and he meant nation states yeah. are never gonna let you actually create a money system outside of the central banking nation state controlling apparatus. Mm -hmm. And he's like, best thing you'll get. Here's the best thing you'll get is they will assign you a role like an actor in a play that they are directing, and you will do that role. You won't have a choice, and you'll be happy about it. And you'll be happy about it and you'll be thankful because your price has appreciated a certain amount. But like mm -hmm. to think you are disrupting this system, right. overturning your apple cart, the apple cart here, where's your monopoly on violence? Right. Where's your military? Right. Where, like where's your war machine? Do you have nuclear codes, sir? Mm -hmm. Like it was kind of that coming from Ben Hunt. And I was like, okay. Like it, 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 it's a, it, it was a reason to take and so his bear case for crypto was that, a bear and bull case, that it would just be assigned a role mm -hmm. in the play of the nation state. And it's, I think he's- It's not a new paradigm. It is. Not a new paradigm. It becomes and I think part he, of the status quo, yeah. He came back to that theme in this episode where he was talking about Bitcoin TM. Mm -hmm. And then obviously we got into this brief discussion about DeFi TM and, and bankless TM, but that's kind of his- um, his concern for us or his fear for us. Yeah. What do you think of this? Yeah. The Nick, Nick Carter said an interesting line after the tornado cash incident on their podcast, uh, on the brink. Um, this was also right after he was getting canceled by the cyber Hornet. So he's a little bit more conducive to being Ethereum friendly, but after OFAC banned the tornado cash smart contract address, he said, Ethereum is the new spearhead of cypherpunk values. And this is proof that he's, like Nick Carter said this. Yes. Nick Carter said this. Yeah. And he said something like Ethereum is clearly over the target. Um, again, using very like uh, metaphorical Nick Carter language, but like, like over it's the target. Too far. No, no. It's like it's on target. It's oh, like think of like oh, the way I just, like it's okay. over. It's it's somewhere over the target. There's a target, and Ethereum's right over it. It's like zeroing in on the target, which is I got it. and like and so if if uh, the nation state is 
banning you, that's because they can't uh, subsume you. you. If if like Ben Hunt was like, yeah, Bitcoin will just be another seat at the table of Wall Street, but they can't make Tornado Cash into a seat at the table. Therefore, they have to ban it. And so the banning thing is like we actually can't figure out how to like indoctrinate this uh, and make this a part of our like our our game, right? We can't give it a role, and so yes. we have to ban it. And this is this is why like it's a good sign. It's a good sign. It's a good sign. And so like there's one there's one part of, of DeFi crypto which will be like oh Ave and Compound and Maker Yield will will be packaged up and made into a product out of Wall Street. Then that is like bankless TM and DeFi TM. And that's like, ooh, not, not, not so great. But at least we have like the way to not have, you also have actual true bankless. You have bankless TM if you want it. You have true bankless if you also want it. I think Bitcoiners would say this too about Bitcoin in that you yes. could still just buy Bitcoin and custody it and put it in a bankless wallet. And right. Hold your own keys. And that's... Like you can still do that, and you could still stand a peer, send a peer to peer transaction without AML, a KYC, Bitcoin to Bitcoin wallet, right? You could still do all of these things, and I agree with that. Although, but but the point I think Ben was making is like I think a point that was a founding principle for Bankless, which is like just sending a transaction isn't enough. It's not enough money verbs to actually like be a. Uh, peer-to-peer currency that you can practically use right mm -hmm. so like all you can do is transfer on bitcoin you can't lend you can't borrow you can't um like create other tokens there's no notion of a like a stable coin you can't do all of the other money verbs right and so what what happens is the banking system the wall street bitcoin tm takes over and if you want to lend or borrow against bitcoin you can but you have to do it inside of blockfi Right. or inside of like Nexo or inside of Coinbase mm -hmm. or it's some other crypto bank where you give up your private keys. On Ethereum, you could still do these things today. So mm -hmm. I take his point about Bitcoin TM. My worry though, David, is we could get to a place, and this is the defense posture, of a DeFi TM as well. Yeah. And here's my worry. So it's like, let's say um, there, are some, there are attack vectors on Ethereum for certain for example, right? Mm -hmm. There's a staking TM. What's staking TM? Well, that's if you put your stake inside of a, you know, a, a centralized custodian, you stake, right? Like that's staking TM. It's not, you no, no longer have your private keys, right? It's like, he, he's using the word TM to, to mean anything that's non-bankless essentially, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, what happens if, for example, the nightmare scenario, um, the, the US makes it illegal to use any non-compliant version non-OFAC version of Geth. I mean, we talked about this with Justin right. Drake, right? It was like, or all builders have to be OFAC compliant by right. law or else mm -hmm. it's illegal to stake, right? Th this could be the nation state going for kind of the jugular right. on a censorship resistant yeah, Ethereum. That's, that's Ethereum TM. That's Ethereum TM and it still could happen. Like we're not out of the woods yet. And so right. when we brought up the hey, Ben, what about Tornado Cash? What do you think? And we're going to try this in the court system. He was still like, that, as, he was, as he was two years ago. You could talk. Can you talk about that yet or no? I think so. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can talk about what I can talk about. But yeah, keep going. Okay. Sorry. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. So, 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 so um, Ben is still of the mindset that Treasury's not going to let you guys do it. 
Mm-hmm. Just, they're just right. not. Treasury wants I to be Eye of Sauron, and it will back up Eye of Sauron for not financial surveillance state mm-hmm. through its laws and through its you know controlling apparatus and through its monopoly on violence will throw you in prison. It'll never allow you to kind of win. Um, but react to that and then um, talk about the court thing. Yeah. Um, what was the Hydra metaphor that we were talking about in the, in the podcast? Ben's Hydra metaphor was big politics, big media, and big right. tech. And if you just try to like... Uh, slice up Facebook or something right. or big tech and, you know, just, mm-hmm. just, you know, Manifest slice it into like, like in a different, into a different place, five yeah. different companies, demonopolize it. And his point is it'll just, yeah, it'll just manifest in a different place. And like his conclusion was not crypto as ours is, mm-hmm. but his conclusion is, Oh, we need fundamental protocol changes right. in the constitution. So let's like, uh, pass this amendment to the constitution because it, it doesn't take as much work as starting a new amendment from scratch. And then we'll get 6,000 representatives right. in the House, mm-hmm. uh, in, like it, in Congress, essentially. And, and that too, can help better it's, represent it's like people. the anti-Hydra, right? There's too many heads in that model for like yeah. the... And so here's where I was going with this, is that like Ethereum's also a Hydra, uh, the app layer especially. Uh, so they've banned Tornado Cash. That's one use of cryptography to achieve privacy that they have banned. There are more. There are many more. There is Aztec, and the difference between Aztec and Tornado Cash is Aztec has U.S. domiciled investors, uh, your boy included, as well as yourself, uh, and as well as well-capitalized venture funds that will go after and fight in court if something like Aztec gets banned. And those are just the first applied cryptography to achieve privacy. There's many more like ZK snarking the mempool is an entire just like not even an app, but like something that makes every single app a little bit like a Hydra. So like when they ban Tornado Cash and say, hey, Tornado Cash, you're not allowed to enter the Wall Street casino. You're actually banned and no one can use you. It's like, okay, you just cut off one head of privacy that is able the first head of privacy that's able to rear out of the Ethereum Hydra. But there are so many more coming down the line. And there's no way for them to cut off all the heads because we because cryptography puts too much power in the hands of the individual. Let me take let me take ben Ka- ben, Ben's case a little bit more okay. and play the Ben dev- Devil's Advocate with you. Okay. okay, so okay, cool, David. So too many hyd- there's a hydras. They're popping out new solutions everywhere. Right. You just said you're you're appealing to court. You're appealing to the court of the United States mm-hmm. where you can make a case. And what is the court's role, the court system's role in any country, the United States is no exception, is to interpret the laws and, infor- and, and, and rule on the existing legislation, okay? Right. So, so Ben's like, maybe you have a point, David. Maybe you can win with existing legislation. Guess what? The Eye of Sauron is so freaking powerful, it's going to just switch up the, the, the legislation on you. It's going to make new laws. It's going mm-hmm. to essentially say... Because terrorism, because North Korea, because Russian oligarchs, because ex-enemy of the state, it is in the national security interest of the U.S. to do X, Y, Z. And fine, you might win your day in court for now, maybe, if you can even get through that gauntlet. But eventually, his point might be, the nation state is not going to let you do this thing. It wants complete financial um, like surveillance of all transactions, it will be fine with making privacy illegal and tornado or anything like it illegal in the U.S. What would you say to this? Hmm. 
I think at that point, uh, the way that we fight back against that is that like broad, the broader globe, multinational communities, not countries, but multinational communities, like not the French, France government or the government of France, but the French and not the United the States government, but the Americans all start being like, yeah, you know what's kind of tight? Like DeFi and we like it <laughs> and we're going to keep on using it. And so it just needs to, it's always, it's always a battle for hearts and minds. Right. Mm. Uh, and so I guess, I guess that it's just like, yeah, if we're going to, they like the United States government is going to need like, they can't, they can't ban privacy and say, Hey, okay. Like sweet, sweet Hydra crypto bros. You have 28 cash. You have Aztec, you have 17 other like privacy things. We can't keep on cutting off all the heads, but you know what? We'll just make universally illegal privacy. If you're, if you're private, you're illegal. So stop doing it. They, they have to have more support than just their own government, right? Like they have, it, otherwise, like if it, it, the United States government can't just operate completely in silo in like going against like all of the EU and the EU is like, yeah, you know what's tight and like, acceptable they, for our- I mean, the EU generally follows the US, for example. And if, if the governments anyway, ignore the people for a minute, but the governments of the world actually, and obviously authoritarian regimes are already doing this, right? So right. they're miles yeah. ahead, but like, you know, Western liberal democracies, let's call it, the governments of them act kind of in unison and are like, look, people of our countries, you have to, you have given up other, you know, civil liberties in the name of national security in the past. You actively are giving up those civil liberties now. Like, this is nothing new. Here's just another one you have to give up. It's financial um, privacy. You can't use the SSL for like financial right. transactions in crypto. Right. Sorry. And then what you're saying, David, is like, well, at that point, then it's the people, uh -huh. individuals in the country to care enough to kind of push for change yeah. in their governments in and order I, and to I get see, them. Yeah, go I ahead. see two tug of wars here where like we're going into like literal wartime, like United States versus China is on the horizon. Russia versus Ukraine is currently here. Like in the uh, 1940s, the U.S. Post yeah, opened we're all starting their mail. to enter that, and so like it, it is the time of like national security to take front and center, and also at the same time, like I feel like the social zeitgeist of the world is like, you know, f fuck your nation state requests of my of for national in the name of national security. You, we went to Iraq under national security, and you guys did nothing and just like de demolished an entire like Middle Eastern country. And so, like, at the same time, we're going into war where we demand national security. And at the same time, the people of the world are like, I don't trust the institutions. I don't yeah. care about national security. I'm on my own. I think so. Ben's advice for us was basically um, be sneaky about it. It was kind of <laughs> the TLDR. He's like, don't go, don't go straight for the. Um, right. Don't don't pick a fight. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't, you know, poke the sleeping bear. Like, right. don't just be like, don't sue, yeah, non-sovereign currency, fully private, <laughs> like, uh, F you, Vincent. How do you like it. them apples? <laughs> He's like, don't do that. His comment is like, make it useful in other ways first right. in order to rally the people's support. Right? So that's what we and did like, with Ethereum. It was we made Ethereum useful in ways that didn't piss off the state first. DeFi, not really pissing off the state. NFTs, they, don't, they, they definitely don't care. Definitely Privacy, don't care. they give a fuck. They super, yes. super, care. super care. But like, that's one of many, many things that like has not offended the state. Yeah, this is why, by the way, I actually think, I know um, Zuko kind of rejected this idea, but I actually think if you, ba if you had baked in privacy on Ethereum at the base layer yeah. this early in the game, it would have already been choked in its crib. 
yes. by the nation state. Well, I mean, we, I feel like we, that's pretty easy to stand on that statement because we know Monero hasn't gotten onboarded to like Coinbase or Gemini or like any of the major exchanges. I think they would be freaking out at any idea. That's going to be the fully... biggest rug when like Ethereum on the road. Like, Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. <laughs> And we just Secret ZK plan. snark the Secret whole plan. blockchain. Secret plan, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Don't talk about it. The whole thing just becomes a Name ghost it. on the internet. <laughs> this is only premium This is only premium subscribers. Only. Oh, uh, will, will OFAC and Treasury and IRS, all listeners, please turn off this podcast. Look, man. While we I'll talk about say, ZK snarking the whole this blockchain. Is how it happened. This is how it happened with the internet, right? Yeah. Like, intelligence community in the US it did not want... Uh, a technology of encryption to be propagated, of mm-hmm. encrypted communication to be propagated. Like, remember right. we talked to uh, Mark Andreessen, and he yep. was like, they classed Netscape munitions. Navigator yeah. encryption technology under the munitions, like illegal. Like, it, it, this is a weapon at, at the early stage. And what happened? Well, the citizens of the world and everybody, corporations included, everybody realized that the internet's way too damn useful not to have encryption on it mm-hmm. and like you have and they forced the politicians hands to come up with some kind of compromise and the compromise is well okay encryption is we can't crack it it's out in the wild we just have to live with it because it's if we don't our economies will suffer crypto only works i think in or DeFi non-tm only works if an ethereum non-tm only works if we get to that point is really what I believe. And I, so I, I actually agree with what Ben is saying, but I'm, I'm more optimistic maybe than he is right now. Like it, in fact, actually for me, um, I'll state it. I'll, I'll go even further. I am like, I think it's inevitable that mm-hmm. that happens, that crypto becomes so useful that no government can ban it in the way that right. they can't ban right. encryption on the internet. Like, they, not I, only can they not ban it, but they also don't want to. Yeah, it's to me that's like inevitable. Yeah, but to someone like it takes, to Ben, it takes a while to get there. Yeah, yeah, it depends. Like, uh, you got to show me first, right? And yeah, yeah. this is one of those things. Like, step one, step two, dot 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 dot, mm-hmm. and then it happens. Right. Like profit, right? right? Um, and so I get that too. But that's why we're mm-hmm. permabulls, David. Yeah. Um, I mean, like in the most like neutered version of Ethereum that is like banned from the nation state. There are no on or off ramps. Like there's still gonna be enough ways to get your ether swapped to dollars, just like, you know, OTC trades on like a street corner, like how they do in Argentina for currency. So like if that's, if in the most neutered version of Ethereum, where like the Bankless podcast is basically talking about illegal content over and over Underground. At this point, like I, I just like, sell all my shit, put my microphone in my backpack and become like a nomad, just like how Ethereum doesn't really have a home because all nation states rejected it, like neither would I. And you're pseudonymous? Uh, pseudonymous? No, I mean, it's too or, late for or that. Or you're a fugitive? I'm, okay. I'm just like a nomad, permanent okay. nomad. All right. Yeah. In David's my, scenario, yeah. he's a nomad. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yours a little bit more difficult because you've got you've got a house and a family. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, then what? Oh, I don't. I don't know. (laughs) Well, let's hope it never comes to that, right? And that's this is why we start in the court system and kind of. I would also like a house and a family one day. Yeah. Well, that that's can't can't ZK snark a wife. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. Vitalik's working. (laughs) Vitalik, we're the devs. Um, Okay. Okay. Bitcoin. uh, Jazz hands. Bitcoin Bitcoin has art. art. 
I yeah. love this take, and I want to go <laughs> and I want to go unpack this a little bit more. Uh, I was I was in a Bitcoin bar last night in New York, where the the what? bar is Bitcoin themed, is owned they by Bitcoiners, operated by Bitcoiners, and I dropped that line in the middle of the Bitcoin bar, and let me tell you, it did not go well. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? Are you trying to get like? This is not the first up, time I've been up. in the middle of a bunch of Bitcoiners, and they were and they were like teasing me about not being a, an Ethereum. Uh, okay, so, so you're telling me that they're like, uh, David doesn't think Bitcoin's valuable. And you're like, Bitcoin is valuable. And they're like, yeah, oh, tell us why. And you're like, because it's, Bitcoin it, is art. It's, yeah, it's culturally <laughs> significant. It's like culturally expressive. Like, I know who you are if you tell me you own Bitcoin. Yeah. But it's like, yes, it's more art than it is financial asset. Like that unlock, which I'm so surprised that that came from Ben Hunt, somebody external to the industry, but I guess that's what uh, it takes. He's uh, smart, man. He super knows smart, super smart. He understands that has unlocked a new understanding for what Bitcoin is for me. He said it. it. Read that article. The paragraphs on Bitcoin towards the end of that article are Bitcoin is art. It's like the real world NFT. It's kind of like a bumper sticker. It's like a tattoo. Yeah. You're buying uh -huh. it for your identity. You're buying it for group affinity. Right. And you're buying it because it's an anti-bank right. uh, LARP. But this has always been like kind of the core central thesis of my actual explicit investment thesis into this space is mm -hmm. that the financial assets that align with human values more will go yeah. up in price more. And so this is like the relationship, the thing that I give a fuck the most about is the relationship between culture and code and therefore like financial assets and the culture that they create and, and also resonate with. And this is why Bitcoin I've always thought is going to be like stunted or muted in its growth because of what it is, is so precise and specific that it doesn't scale well to the whole world, but it, it does embody those values very, very well. And when people do resonate with them, they became a, they get the Bitcoin tattoo somewhere, if not on I their think, body, then on their brain. I think the Bitcoin is art thing works right for me very well, like from you know, we've said it before. Bitcoin is a meme. It's another way to say it. it's a unit of cultural mm -hmm. expression. It's another way to say it. And I think Ben is using like clear language around this. And it also helps explain the value of a Bitcoin, right? Which is Bitcoin is art. Yeah. Although there's something more powerful at play here than just art, in my opinion, right? Like, f first of all, under the art lens with Bitcoin, you could definitely reinterpret like all of the uh, Bitcoin maximalists you see on um, Twitter. It's like, oh, they're great performance artists. Like, yeah, they're, they're uh, artists. Okay, I get yeah. it. Yeah. Now this makes sense. And yeah. I should take it with, you know, the seriousness of kind of an artist. But at the same time, like, I think a lot of people are dead serious about this, David. It, it goes beyond, like, I feel like if you're buying art often or, like, you are, maybe this gets blurry, but, like, you kind of know that you're buying art. What I'm trying to separate is, a lot of hardcore Bitcoin maximalists actually believe it. And that's why the art thing is true, but it's also, mm. there's something more. It's, it's like, we, the other analogy of Bitcoin is like, you've created a, like a religion. This is like a early cult, early religion, because people who buy art, they know they kind of are buying art. People who buy Bitcoin, they actually believe this shit. Like they believe in hyper-Bitcoinization. Like they believe yeah. it's coming just like the second coming, right? Mm -hmm. And so... um I think that's a little different. It's like art. It's, it's art with, like with religion. the world at stake. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so there's it's like art in here. the same way that the Bible is art. And wow, that might trigger some people. But yeah, like, that's definitely triggering people. Really good, emblematic, true 
and not like capital T true, but like true stories but that do, like do you resonate see, with people. Do you see, if you walked into a Catholic, a church, any church, mm-hmm. non-denominational church, and you said the Bible's great art, do you see how pissed <laughs> off they will be at you? Okay. Yes. That's why the Bitcoiners were mad at you in the bar, dude. You don't <laughs> go in and say that. What are you ta- What are you doing? You're on holy. No. I'm on holy ground. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not art. It's serious. Uh, anyway, it's, serious. it's a good take. I, it's, for art some art is real. Art, like one of my favorite lines uh, from Jordan Peterson, I think, was that like artists are always on the frontier of of thought and yeah. knowledge. Like artists can um, like imbue something philosophy. Uh, that, like, There's some belief that, system that authors can't. Like people that write yeah. words can't do the same things that artists can. Although words are art. Yes, but they come later. They come after like the painters or the like the poets, even b- before the authors, right? Code, like, code is art. That's what we've unlocked here, mm, right? It's like yeah. the Bitcoin protocol itself is an art form. It's like yeah. in a way that I don't think any code has been art before because yeah. it embodies a set of values in its algorithm. Yeah. Uh, bizarre, yeah. man. Really Oof. cool, but also yeah, bizarre. That's, that, that gets me going. That gets the juices flowing. <laughs> all right. Well, really excited for all your new bar friends. Um, the other take, which I'm not, is great. I don't think I'm invited back. No? Uh, yeah. Uh, the other I mean, take, I need to I, go. I need to go with a friend. I'm not allowed to be there alone. Yeah. Well, definitely go with a, a friend. Might I suggest someone who's, uh, uh, you know. No. Well, a Bitcoiner is just somebody who can, like, um, protect you if uh, oh, things yeah. went bad. No, they're, they're, they're not physical. They, they yeah. <laughs> All right, so the other like take, he, last take is uh, he hollowed out, which I uh-huh. really thoroughly enjoyed too. I yeah. feel like. You know what so, that reminded me of? Um, Saifedina Moose's fiat standard. Fiat world. Remember he was talking like fiat food, fiat culture, ben, ben like everything is similar. fake. Fiat world. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hollow world, fiat world. Yep, yep. Um, empty, devoid of meaning and richness. I can't believe I'd never Just seen like that Just like our graph. foods and our seed oils and our carbs. Had you, this had, is why I was going on a, on a fight against carbs. Remember my carb fight? It's the yeah. same thing. It's like, it's a hollow food. There's not a lot there. I, <laughs> I think that a lot of our activity, a lot of the things we spend time on uh, in kind of like 21st century, um, you know, modern society aren't really just feel very hollow. Mm-hmm. Like I just, that word is just, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's right. I don't, I don't know if the 1920s were described as this. Like some words by like um, superficial, yeah, superficial, superficial as well. There's like the mm-hmm. Gilded Age, is right. what they refer to it as. Like it, it, the Hollow Age. Is that what we're living in? Will his, historians look back at the kind of the cultural zeitgeist of this era and be like, oh, there wasn't really a lot there. Like it was just right. felt so hollow. I think this is a good yeah. word for the current era that we're in. Yeah. And this is why I, I definitely found richness and many people find richness in crypto. And it's kind of one of the biggest like polls and like one of the things that's so sticky about crypto is uh, how, how rich it is. Right. It's the opposite of whatever this hollow feeling is. And it's you, you get into crypto and like you you start to learn about like finance and, and cryptography and economics, but also history but also sociology, David, but also so psychology. Tr- this is true. And once you, crypto. once you go through that, that door, you look back at the, where the world you came from and you're like, looked at the hobbies that you did before you were in crypto and like, that was empty. 
that I felt wish, empty to me. But, so I wish more people could see it like that because everything you just said rings true for me. And it's very true of deep crypto and deep crypto mm-hmm. natives, right? Who have been on this yeah. journey for a while and they know why they're here and they know the values and all of these things. It's not hollow at all. But you ask anybody on the street right. and they will say, yeah, crypto is one of the most hollow things going right. on yeah. in the 2020s. They'll be like, yeah. NFTs? It's like, it's, like, it's like the Spider-Man meme of like, like you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like how is some, somebody's listening to this episode and or and they're like, how are you, Mr. Crypto Native, calling everything outside of crypto, crypto hollow? hollow? You just right. had a thing you called a dollar go to zero because <laughs> it was backed by nothing. How <laughs> hollow is that? You just had like 99% of the value of all your NFT market evaporate. Right. I mean, that's right. pretty damn hollow. Who are that's you to lecture us? Stupid hollow. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> ho- what, you know what's hollow? $50 billion of a whole blockchain going to zero. That's a pretty hollow blockchain, if you will. And it's a good point. Like, Terra was hollow, and that's why it went to zero. That's why. But maybe, maybe in crypto, maybe the hope is we, because it is, I think, the only free market on the planet, mm-hmm. which is definitely influenced by, you know, uh, the central bank Fed decisions and such. But it's not like tidally locked as, you know, the moon is to the earth, right? It, mm-hmm. it, it, there is some freedom in this market and it is kind of different than all of the other markets on the planet is because we let our banks fail and they do fail. And so there is this natural cleansing process that happens in crypto where all of the hollowness, it can't last more than one cycle, can it? Like we just... yes. Yes. We we go through the fire the, the hot air gets left out gets it leaves the room. Yeah. Unlike the GDP versus wealth graph, yes. the hot air stayed in the room and this is what central bankers are. It's like how do we keep the hot air in the room? Yeah, how do we keep the the ride going as long as possible? That's my job as a central banker, like knowing at right. one point it will fall, but your job is just to delay the inevitable for as long as you can. If you do that well, mission complete, we'll pass remember it off you. to the next person. Yes. We'll yeah. remember you. It's, like like a, it's like a game of hot potato. Well, and that's why I had never. Someone seen loses that game, by the way. Eventually, I when I think society lose. I mean, okay, so Ben's wider point is society loses the whole time, and like it. Yes. Cr- yeah. You think it's free lunch? The fact that wealth has grown far faster than GDP, but it's not. And guess where? How we're paying for it? Now we're paying for it with like the most social division that we've right. ever seen. Right. The longer that the game goes on, the more severe the consequences are. But if, even before it pops. Right. And but then, it, but then it's also worse when it pops. Yeah. Yeah. And and so like it's it's nothing is free, I guess, and kind of the in the hollow world and the physics of it. But like um, I don't know. There there's something interesting for me in Ben's uh, terminology too, where he's like, yeah, you know that the the wealth graph, uh, why that's above GDP is like the delta between those two lines is actually the amount that was stolen. And you're mm-hmm. like, what? Yeah. Stolen? He's like, yeah, stolen. You're like, stolen mm-hmm. from who? Stolen f- from future generations. It was wealth. Future generations, other other territories, it. colonies. Yes. Right. In the Real case GDP, of the U.S., yeah. I think. Anywhere, really. Anywhere we can get our hands on. Credit card sto- debt. Stolen. Housing debt. Yeah. And no one notices, right? But like, but mm-hmm. I think you say, we say no one notices, but then actually people do notice. Because think about how angry uh, people are now about like the wealthy class, the billionaires, right? right? There's such this, like people are angry at wealthy and it's, it's just kind of, that's where it's seeping out. So people are noticing 
Um, anyway, I don't know. I would love to have Ben on again. I, uh, um, oh, I could talk to him forever. Yeah. I think he's great. Um, this is a fun episode to do. Maybe, uh, every, every couple of years at least we'll, uh, we'll do a Ben Hunt episode. I think we can increase the tick rate for Ben Hunt for sure. Yeah. He's just really great. Um, two years, dude. That's he, I'm pretty sure he holds the record for the longest gap for a returning guest. Who, who just broke that record? Um, okay. Have we had Mariano on since Mariano Conti? No, our, we haven't. Cause he was one of our first episodes. He was one of our first, but we also had him on since then. There was somebody that we were just talking about. We were like, you are, this is the second time you've back. Also, the first time you were on was like at the very beginning. Somebody just broke this record. I can't remember who it was. Um, I don't know. Yeah, he, but Ben Hunt might have broken that record. Yeah, Ben Hunt might saying? have broken that record, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, we got some plus, records yeah. now. We're, mm-hmm. we're old yeah. podcasters at this point. Yeah, we, time. it's crazy that this podcast has been going. It's like old now. <laughs> Yep, we st- we still have stuff to talk about, David. We forgot we, we forgot our two year birthday. Oh, I guess we, of the company, not of the podcast. I guess. Yeah, there's September. A, there's a podcast anniversary. There's a newsletter anniversary. Dude, the podcast is coming up on three years now. January 2023 will be three years of the Bankless Podcast. Out of content yet, David? We done? Somehow, no. <laughs> <laughs> You've always been bullish on content. I'm always uh, bullish content. Me yeah, because it means I get to talk. Yeah, <laughs> <I> like talking. <laughs> All right. Well, that was cool. Guys, hope you enjoyed the debrief. Thanks a lot.